Hello and welcome to the YoDude podcast. My name is Patrick, and today we are joined by my good friend Peter Kozel, who has made the first collaboration with me. Uh, welcome, P- Peter. How are you today? Hi. Thanks for having me. Good. Thanks. <laughs> uh, well, it's uh, very exciting. Uh, I'm <laughs> a bit, bit nervous myself. Uh, I, you know, so hopefully that doesn't stem too much into you. But uh, I have faith that we'll be both fine. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fun. So, just for everyone listening, uh, let's get to know, who are you? I am uh, previously a tattoo apprentice, currently looking for another apprenticeship, but uh, previously before that I was a graphic designer uh, in Victoria, Melbourne, Australia. (laughs) Thank you for the locational clarification. Um, So... You've mentioned that you've done graphic design, you've done, uh, you're primarily into the uh, tattoo industry. What, how did you sort of, yeah, yeah, how did you really get into it? Um, So I think at 18, I got my first tattoo. It was very silly. And uh, I then ended up pursuing graphic design. I went through university just for a diploma. And then at the end of that, I had a lot of tattoo inspirations for my final uh, pieces that I had to hand in for graphic design and then from there I sort of pursued it more than more and then at the end of the diploma I realized tattooing was very similar but graphic design is just for like a lot of early stuff anyway was like designing milk cartons and business cards for companies I didn't very much care about and all of the sorts so I figured I could uh, transfer my graphic design skills to tattooing and drawing on people's skin as opposed to creating brand identities and stuff like that yeah so i guess that sort of means you're kind of like an overqualified tattoo apprentice then i wouldn't say overqualified not all of the (laughs) skills transfer over but some of them some of them give me an advantage at least design wise yeah um, so you've you've just got a piece of paper that's kind of half half useful half not useful yeah, yeah, a lot of the practical skills I still have uh, had to learn for the most part, like actually using a machine and then customer service skills and and um, organizational skills and shit like that. Yeah, well, I guess that's, I think a lot of tattoo artists will tell you that uh, that's sort of how everyone goes through. It's the same sort of uh, traditional path of, you know, working your way up. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, really good because I do remember uh, you were doing a course at Swinburne, correct? Yeah, that's right. I, I yeah. did a diploma graphic design at Swinburne University. Yeah, nice. And so, what would you consider then to be your uh, first big break, I suppose? Uh, uh, probably when I was uh, taken on by the people at Eastern Tattoo Croydon and I was able to tattoo full-time as a job uh, starting as an apprentice but they threw me in the deep end so it was actively tattooing onto people pretty fucking early <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I guess it's uh it's not it's a rare opportunity when you think about it to be sort of thrown in the deep end you know I I hear a lot of uh, apprentices uh you know they usually tattoo on like uh, pig skin or some sort of uh, pseudo uh, surface where they need to sort of adapt to the grooves on you know how people have different shapes and you know yeah. learning that so it's I, did, actually... I did a small amount of that but uh, for the most part they did believe in throwing me into the deep end so I did a small amount of fake skin and fruits and stuff but uh, 
I had positives and negatives to throwing me in the deep end, but uh, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> well, I guess in a sense it's definitely probably a bit better that you got thrown in the deep end because it sort of fast tracks you a bit more, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's definitely given me some advantages, at least now that I am looking to apprentice at a different shop. I feel I have somewhat of an advantage on my resume that is going to be very difficult to uh, appear as a positive and not as me being cocky and arrogant like I've tattooed before so give me a job so that's gonna yeah. be that's fun so I, I guess in that sense um, you know it does sort of do you really think that's a bit of an issue that you would uh, have uh, sort of coming in with the experience and do you think it's a big uh, misconception that uh, people in the industry are cocky um, so there, there is somewhat of a misconception that younger people coming in are always cocky uh, just because there's no clear avenues into tattooing like there is other jobs like university and stuff like that often you're going to have to find a you're going to have to like develop a personal relationship with a shop and then eventually you'll have the opportunity to ask and then you'll get in that way which is uh, kind of tricky because it's hard to intentionally manufacture a personal bond with someone you're just getting tattoos from so like people will come in wanting to work in the industry not having been tattooed at a shop before and maybe they might be perceived as arrogant like they deserve a job or they'll just almost, be kind of shoot away it's almost like uh in a sense like a ta uh, tattoo cultural appropriation in a sense you know of yeah. that sort of community i can get yeah. that um, um there, there's guess... there's some stuff there's some stuff that have led people to there's some stuff that is doing that there's things like tattoo schools where as opposed to getting to an apprenticeship you just pay some money for an online course and you're allowed to be a tattoo artist after the end of it because there is in some states not a qualification for tattooing so people will go to a tattoo school and then start doing the shit on people and it's very weird and awkward because I don't think it really works. <laughs> it's sort of like getting uh, advanced to go when you haven't really done the, the hard work for it. Yeah, so it, uh, that, that compounds the issue with like younger people being entitled and shit like that. So trying to find apprenticeship or work, you have to fight that. Yourself. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess then uh, we move from the negatives into the positives. What's, uh, what's your favorite thing about going in? tattoo i mean given the global pandemic at the moment but yeah. when you were in um, work what was your favorite thing about your career uh working your own hours being able to be creative every day and uh just it being for the most part a, a pretty lax environment if you were decent enough at organizing your bookings and stuff like that being that i was in like a busy street shop i did a lot of small tattoos very quickly so that got stressful fast <laughs> but like assuming you you stretch out the appointments in between one another it can be a very lax and, and fun different job <laughs> it's not always uh, sort of under the pump it's uh almost uh therapeutic almost yeah yeah uh it, it can be like that for the most part if you're you're getting to do the stuff you want to do and then during the busy season where a bunch of people like get their tax returns and shit it gets super fucking busy not necessarily with work you enjoy doing but it's still fun it's just hyper stress all the time 
because you don't want to let any of that like money go because it is a job <laughs> yeah i was gonna say probably um when i came in and got my six tattoos um <laughs> that was a little bit of a spur of the moment uh thing but uh that's yeah. i would imagine it's uh exactly <laughs> your cup of tea i mean i've seen some of the other ones like the dignity the simpsons dignity one that one <laughs> you look like you enjoyed but yeah yeah um, so there's definitely fun ones like that and and like you said like you were spur of the moment so it's like fun but the challenge comes to me to trying to uh turn that spur of the moment idea into a sensible like time allotment and then make sure you're in and out without spending too long in the shop and etc so that's where the the stress comes in but it's still heaps of fun yeah <laughs> so um when we uh when your viewers when our viewers come and check out your uh, instagram handle uh a lot of the things that they see a lot of the time besides your uh your body not bodybuilding but your uh exercising uh <laughs> is your you do these big uh printouts of your designs that you draw up uh I guess it sort of shows that you've got a dedication to your craft and you're keen to get back into it. Um, yeah. What what keeps you motivated? What helps you to uh, work hard towards that? Um, it keeps me motivated because I've just like decided it's what I want to do and I can be very stubborn. So like since um, I've invested so much time into it, I, I keep going and the more you try to get better at it, the more you learn, the more interesting it becomes which in turn leads you to, to to pursue it more and also like every piece of art I, I think this goes for most artists you ever do is always like the newest one you'll do is always the best one and then all the other ones before that one suck so like mm. every time I complete a new thing I'm like this is the best one I've done I can do this thing better and then like I'll keep doing that I'll keep making it it'll be the best one and then I'll make something else that's the best one and then that sort of motivation keeps me going. Yeah, so it's to sort of like, um, uh, what do you call like a domino effect on yourself? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, there, there's a very small <laughs> desire to be better than others. Uh, <laughs> I think a healthy amount because uh, uh, working on yourself is always what's best, especially with art because it's super subjective. But there are facets in at least the style I do, traditional, that you can do right and wrong. There are certain uh, rules that only when you become like the best at your craft that you're allowed to sort of break. Uh, so at least for uh, the point I'm at, I think I follow those rules pretty good. And every time I make a new piece of art, I, I try to do those uh, set of rules better. Anyway. Sort of, so you don't really like to stray too far from it and put your own influence into it? Uh, not too much uh, when it comes to traditional because to to break the rules too much it sort of turns into something else so it can be kind of tricky that's why uh, the people who are like at the top of the totem pole I guess in traditional have their own spins on it but it still looks very clearly traditional and you can tell uh, that's a that's a skill and ability I think you develop over a long period of time Oh, right. Excellent. Well, <laughs> it's sort of interesting because uh, personally myself, I don't have any of the like the American traditional. Um, yeah. I might eventually one day, but it's always interesting to hear how, um, especially in tattooing, because it's almost like, uh, well, I guess it's, it is, it is an art style, you know, yeah. like the, the rules and the ways to do it, and, you know, 
if you morph it too much, it does change. Uh, and I think that's really interesting. And it's uh, quite interesting that you try and abide to them to the best of your ability. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and I guess then that moves me on to our next question. What do you think is your proudest accomplishment? Um, there was a couple of sleeves that I had started uh, before. Oh no, actually, okay. So uh, kind of a combination of the answer. I think the the easiest way to say it would be like the tattoos I have done, because uh, there were like a couple sleeves I had started before I had a uh, falling out with my previous uh, employment. Uh, but probably my best one is my hand tattoo uh, that I did on a friend of mine that's a, a Deitzel uh, snake. Uh, Amun Deitzel was like the original guy who made the thing and I sort of uh, remade it for a hand tattoo. I think that one came out really good. And it's on a hand, so it's a good thing that it came out good because everyone can fucking see it. So yeah. I'm pretty proud of that one, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if you, uh, if you don't do that right, it's going to really deform... Uh really really bad <laughs> yeah well the funny thing is that same friend i did a thumb tattoo on him when i just started i think on like the thumb bone joint or somewhere behind that and i like butchered the hell out of that so i owed it to him to do a really good tattoo on his hand where it's visible because that one's terrible just <laughs> terrible <laughs> well you're gonna take the good with the bad then i suppose yeah yeah i kind of owed him one yeah yeah, uh, I guess then, obviously, if you stuff that up, you're going to get complaints. Do you have any uh, complaints uh, with your job or your sort of industry that you that you yourself have? The uh, hang-ups I have with the industry as a whole? Yeah, or well, it doesn't even have to be in the whole, maybe just... Uh, as you've worked or you know uh, you know what's something that you don't really like about the job um, there's an interesting dynamic uh, between the customer and the tattoo artist which at the higher level doesn't really happen that's why it's sort of fun to uh, earn your way to the top where people are pretty much only contacting you for you know your style and the art you do um, the, the, the sort of worst part is uh, a lot of people <laughs> unfortunately have an interesting uh, idea of what they do and don't deserve and like for what price and something like that so t tattoos aren't a necessity right mm. so it's, it's very interesting you'll see a lot of the time people will take a lot of offense and issue with maybe the price of an artist uh this hasn't happened to me personally because i've always since i was an apprentice i charged like a low rate but um you'll often see people taking a lot of issue with the price of a tattoo once or twice maybe someone would have kicked off but at the end of the day if you're gonna get something permanent on you right that's gonna be there forever you should be almost expecting the person to charge you a lot at least for your own peace of mind there have been people who have asked me to do home job tattoos uh as well i'm not sure if it's like because it's cheaper or because they're more comfortable that way but that's also strange to me why you'd want to go to what's almost always going to be a dirty environment <laughs> get a yeah. potentially cheaper tattoo i assume for comfort reasons but that doesn't make a great deal of sense to me. If you want <laughs> I, something nice permanent on your body, just go to a shop and just pay what the person 
asks you to pay because if you're a good client they might even end up reducing the price because you didn't kick up a fuss but i mean if someone tells you 200 and you uh, kick up kick up a stink they're probably just gonna like charge you 300 <laughs> just to fuck with you <laughs> yeah I, I do i do um i never understood that myself when people are like no. oh you know it's like it's almost like kind of like a karen-esque uh dilemma of like yeah usually oh. they're, they're they're middle-aged mums <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like, oh, well, I can go and get it here for cheaper. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. I guess it's sort of like, uh, it's a really unique position because you as a tattoo artist could be like, okay, see ya. You know, you don't have to, there's no um, sort of, what you might say, um, I guess that sort of, that competitive edge that you need to worry about because everyone's, yeah. it's such a unique and, uh, um, individualistic uh environment so you don't really need to worry about um if you can do it better you know because i I think people will come to you because they want your stuff but it's always interesting when someone's like oh don't you think you could do it cheaper or faster and it's like well i can but you're not gonna like the end result while i was working in a a shop my co-worker because she had more experience than me like five years or something like that so um she I think I was in the shop once when she was tattooing someone and he was like, can you please hurry and finish it? I have to go on a flight. Like, he was leaving on a <laughs> fucking plane soon. And the both of us were baffled. We're like, why the... F- why would you try to get a tattoo and sneak it in before a flight? At least the day of. That's insane. You can have a rough estimate on how long a tattoo will take, but you'll never know for sure. There's a number of things that could happen to extend the time. It's, oh that's it's great weird. it's so weird so <laughs> that's yeah probably the worst thing is uh the dynamic between the industry and maybe the people who don't have a bunch of tattoos which isn't their fault because information about tattooing isn't super readily available all over the place it is becoming better these days but to not know much about tattooing and then to walk into a shop and ex- like expect that you know exactly what's going on super strange very strange it's definitely one of those uh you have to have already been in the environment to understand because i remember and it was probably the same for you when i was looking up to get my first tattoo um like you know reading up on all that mm. health and the, you know looking after yourself and making yes, sure yeah. And then that was one level of it and there's all that information that's readily available and then the next level is finding someone to do it and then it, that in itself is so expansive because that's sort of that duality of the industry there's so many people in the industry that are you know um, that can do tattooing and they have different unique styles and all that and then you know on the other side it's like because there's so many options you don't know where to start yeah so it can be it can be very intimidating for a lot of uh newcomers who are interested in getting a tattoo uh but most shops almost all have very at the very least very basic customer service skills and they know (laughs) they know for a fact that you don't know what you want so they'll like be able to help you and guide you through i think a lot of people are maybe uh too hesitant or too scared that they're going to get screwed over 
um which i i mean it could happen but now with the internet uh with reviews and stuff like that if a tattooist was to screw you over for no other reason than you look like you know a, a newcomer fresh me like you're easy to trick you'd find out pretty quick that they screwed you and then you just like give them some bad reviews and that could kill their business so people aren't trying to screw people with yeah. tattoos but uh there seems to be a fear I, th I feel like though i've never met a bad tattoo artist though like, they exist <laughs> <laughs> like if i'm being honest every person that i've ever spoken to and ever you know had a tattoo from uh they've never you know i mean everyone's entitled to their own opinions and stuff like that and that's cool but i've never had someone that i haven't um not clicked with but then again if i didn't click with someone then you know i wouldn't go and get a tattoo from them but, yeah uh, so 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 I think uh, the way you tackled it was pretty well done from, from at least from what you told me. I think uh, like you, you had an idea of what you wanted, who could do it. Uh, a lot of the time, I think the issue comes down to people who maybe want a smaller tattoo that's not a specific style or this or that, which isn't, again, isn't their fault. Like they're not just getting steeped into the, the culture and stuff like that. Uh, so a lot of the time, those people uh, will have a hard time finding out what to do and what order to do it in and this and that but yeah like like i said i think um you should just trust your tattoo artist and do even a little bit of research just a little bit you must have a <laughs> friend of a friend of a friend who's gotten tattooed by someone you know you can yeah. go to that person <laughs> oh yeah well that's the thing it's um a lot of people that do get tattooed they do tend to be even in some form slightly informed about what like the basics you know because everyone yeah. goes through the same uh, sort of procedure you know yeah um but yeah um <laughs> it's 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 very interesting that you've uh, sort of talked about that though because you know that was not generally something that i would have perceived as a complaint about the job but yeah that's a very interesting insight into it yeah it's sort of a, a double-edged blade because the the uniqueness and secrecy of tattooing is kind of what makes it so uh, cool and alluring to a lot of people. Uh, but it's also what causes a lot of drama and confusion uh, when it comes to the general public, which at the end of the day, the general public it are uh, uh, feeding you and paying your bills and stuff, you know? So you do have a duty of care and a service to provide to them, but um, they generally don't have a lot of an idea and that's also the fault of the industry it's a weird conundrum it's super yeah. odd yeah they, something i've never understood yeah. yeah oh well if you don't understand like you know uh, it's a very you know imagine how many other people that don't really understand it either yeah a lot of people are doing really good work to help uh inform people whether it be just making more inviting shops because shops used to be super rough and tumble back in the day but like whether it be inviting uh more inviting shops or a better online uh what, what is it like an online footprint or even like i know an artist mj forest has a website and on the website he has like guidelines for getting your first tattoo ah so kind of like uh like a digital presence in the uh is that what you're talking about yeah 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 so like with their digital presence they use it for good because i think a lot of tattooers and the clients they tattoo wouldn't even bother with that because uh i mean at least w with how long they've been working it's like uh, they're all really obvious things when you've been working in the industry for however long 
but to a newcomer just stepping in they don't know what the fuck's going on <laughs> so i think it's cool that a lot of people are like trying to outreach a hand and make uh, tattooing more inviting yeah i think it's fair to say that a lot of tattooists now um i think the the cool thing with everything that with technology and all that they, they have sort of gained a digital presence through um instagram especially yeah. you know because yeah. that's basically um a giant portfolio book you know yeah. instead of it just being flash designs that they can put up in the studio or, and stuff like that it is the flashes that they do in the studio plus all the clients that they've done and all the works that they've done and you know the areas that they've tattooed so i think that's a, re a really helpful aspect of it too yeah uh, instagram has become one of the most powerful tools of a tattooer but it's also uh been interesting how it's sort of muddied the water so as good as it can be since anyone can just uh, go and uh, up and open an instagram it's become super competitive and you can do a lot of interesting stuff with it um it's yeah so that's also like a double-edged sword i think yeah the the more the more uh, e uh accessible tattooing becomes i i think the less interesting it becomes maybe so um <laughs> Things like Instagram can are a testament to that. It's super helpful and super positive, but it's also like uh, interesting how uh, it's negatively impacted things in a not so noticeable way. Yeah, well, yeah. you can't have one without the other. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, uh, now, you mentioned before there was a little bit of a, a stigma in the interest uh, industry uh, before. I wanted to know if there was any other stigmas that you knew about in the industry that you wanted to clear up or explain that people might have about tattooing or that sort of field of work um like something to you that sticks out of like oh not a lot of people understand this or don't understand uh don't want to understand or think it's bad but it's not bad that's interesting i think a lot of stigmas with tattooing have over the years been cleared up for the most part uh like they used to be considered super like rough and for punks and rejects and stuff like that and you can't get a job anyway getting tattooed uh that's that's some bullshit uh the more modern times get the easier it is to get a lot of jobs with a tattoo i, w I would still argue against getting neck or face tattoos unless you have job security because there's still a bit of a stigma around that but when it comes to stuff like a like one tattoo on your arm or something like that you will get into most jobs still perfectly fine and aside from that it might just be the the stigma of how much a, a tattoo is worth or the value of it uh th that's probably the thing i wish people would be more hesitant about even yeah, in terms of what in terms of um just expecting that like um oh my friend got his tattoo done in this amount of time it costs this amount of money and then they use that math and that calculation for a completely different tattoo from a completely different artist it's it's okay. it's it's not always going to work out that way so i i would wish people would at least come into it with a bit more of a um uh a bit more understandingly that th you know uh things can change like uh could be a different hourly rate uh could be a different time slot and then uh, styles uh depend how much a tattoo costs greatly i, I yeah. fumbled my words there but uh, a gray wash tattoo might take a significantly larger amount of time uh scale wise than maybe a, a traditional tattoo 
you know what I mean? Or vice yeah. versa. So. so in other words, you wish that people were more understanding of it not being a simple calculation of time plus money equals value. Yeah. You wanted to, you wanted to clear it up and be more like the value comes from the style and whether or not the artist is suited for it and the time and dedication that they put in, not the monetary value in a sense. Yeah, people should be more open-minded when they go into a shop about like the, the monetary value of of um, of a tattoo, right? There, there's a lot of people who um who have gotten like stacks of money and stuff like that tattooed onto them, and uh, yeah. have then tried to haggle and bargain the tattoos cost down, which is just the funniest shit in the world. Uh, uh, yeah, I never under like I said, never understood it. I think I did the math on my body. Like obviously you probably got more than me, but yeah. like the my my if I were to put a monetary value on my body, I'm probably looking at somewhere close to eight to nine K. Yeah. Easily. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's not what I look at. I don't look at it as money. I look at it as a, like, you know, the value comes from the meaning and you know uh you know or like if we look at it at the very base value of it it's like haha pretty picture on my leg i like you know (laughs) yeah i mean the beauty of it is too it's 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 permanent so it's like not many things in this world are permanent Mm. uh the the fact that you can pay an amount of money for something that will be with you till your grave is super cool to me and also once you like pass on the tattoo basically expires so like when yeah. you make a mark on someone it's it's with them for life and until they go and that's that's when the tattoo goes there's not much you can get in the world that are the same as that i guess in a sense the, the value is lost when the the owner is lost yeah and i, yeah, I think definitely. that's kind of cool too i really like that idea of that you know and you know people say oh lots of people get the same thing over and over again like you know i think there was a pretty common trend i think probably two three years ago where everyone was getting the semicolon tattooed onto their wrists yeah i've done too. a lot of those and here you know or their star signs and stuff like that yeah. and it's like when you look at it it's to them like in a general sense yeah it's it's you know a very common thing or whatever but mm. it, that shouldn't matter because to the artist and to the client it, that's the value that to them, yeah. their own personal value. That's that's what's super cool. Um, that most uh, m- most artists will never uh, critique the idea or like talk shit to you about it because obviously it means a lot to you. And I think a lot of us are snobs about it because we've been in the industry for so long. There are definitely tattoos I think are cool and tattoos I think are not cool. But I understand that's based on my own. Uh, experience and uh, interpretations and stuff like that so I never try to press that too much on another person I, d- yeah. I don't very much like semicolon tattoos but if another person does that's all that's all that should matter yeah this exactly. is, uh, that's yeah that's also when it comes into play that it is a job right no matter how no matter how artistic it is I mean if a person's paying you money uh, you can <laughs> take the money yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah um okay that's that's very true i mean like you look at it it's a job it's a job yeah um yeah i was i guess the next question i'm gonna ask you now this one might be a little bit um not difficult but uh it's definitely something that's i don't know you've probably been in the loop about it because you're in the industry but 
the Japan, I think it was the Magistrates Court or something like that, uh, mm. basically decriminalized uh, tattooing in Japan. Yeah. No yeah, they did. that. Yeah, no, um, I definitely did. My question about it was, uh, do you think that because it's been decriminalized in Japan, are there any, and especially, well, even especially now in Victoria, that um, a lot of places can't work? Um, and even when we had the first uh, uh, recession from the first lockdown, mm. um, like, you know, uh, hairdressers were able to work first, uh, but, not, <laughs> uh, you know, not tattoo yeah. artists, yeah, you know? I saw do, that. do you, and then even now, even after that petition that was uh, a run through for it to open with hairdressers this time in the next uh, yeah. de escalation. Do you think that there's uh, any industry standards, whether it be local or global, that need to be changed, in your opinion? So, I know there are such things as the Australian Tattooist Guild and stuff like that, but I am not... I, I actually have no idea, personally, if they uh, act as a form of protection, sort of like union work. I actually have no idea. I So, I know that the person who made that petition, Hal Hunter, did some really good work for opening it up again uh and it's fascinating that hairdressers open first but not tattoo shops at least with them before the petition i think that was more uh, of a matter of mismanagement so i don't i don't think any there was any malicious intent but uh one of the things that's kind of slam dunked the tattoo industry during corona is that um to my understanding to get job keeper you have to have an employee or something along those lines so soul traders got turbo fucked when this thing hit and fortunately <laughs> fortunately a lot of like larger ones were able to survive because at the end of the day they're artists so they did commissions and they did this and that and i mean even other people just like uh had fallback trades yeah but because i think yeah when it comes to it uh when you work in a studio you're actually renting the space is that correct yeah, so for them, uh, even if you are an artist in a studio, you could be renting the space, or even if you own it, you do have to pay to like ha own that area or, or shop or something like that. I'm not too well versed in the economics of like owning and uh, operating a shop, but I do know that it's a shit ton of money uh, because things like insurance are still extraordinarily high for tattoo shops i think that's because of like the older days when tattoo shops used to get firebombed and shit uh <laughs> or or it could be because of like the cash on premises that sometimes is kept sometimes it's not uh so i think because of that things like insurance is super expensive owning the the, the shop super expensive it costs a shit ton basically <laughs> to keep the yeah. lights on so then like yeah rona just like slam dunked the whole industry and unfortunately a lot of shops are suffering because of that yeah i <laughs> i you see it almost every day people are posting about it which is a bit unfortunate but um mm. yeah it's a it's still good to have i guess from because you're not a business owner in a sense uh but you do work in the industry it's definitely interesting to have your uh perception of it in a sense because um, for me personally, I never, I never understood, and oh well, with the whole thing with Japan, obviously with the yakuza, always getting the tattoos was a sign of 
them being part of the Yakuza criminalized yeah, cr criminality and stuff like that yeah I think in the earliest time where that stems from was criminals used to be tattooed to mark them as criminals and then they kind of rolled with it <laughs> yeah well that's what they used to do like uh, in like when they had emperors and stuff like that yeah you know? um, but uh, it's still it's still interesting to see that um, cultures across the world are still sort of susceptible to those perceptions and they're still sort of updating as they go because yeah, yeah. even um, I have another friend who's interested in being a, she wants to be a tattoo apprentice as well yeah. she's from South Korea and you need to basically yeah, South, like your, South Korea is whoo yeah you need yeah. to have like a medical license for it yeah that's fascinating i don't know the depth of that like what kind of medical license but i know it means a, a shit ton of people aren't allowed to practice tattooing because it's yeah, a medical practice even yeah. though it's it's so ah, it's, it's a weird comparison i think that's another uh, relic of old times because yeah you're not injecting someone with tattoo ink really <laughs> <laughs> no it's more like you're jabbing them with the ink rather than actually injecting them yeah, you're barely you're barely passing the upper layer of skin where scabs form, like very barely if you're trained properly. Yeah. Into the into the upper layer of like the dermis, so it's like I don't know, like even if you have a needle hanging out all the way, it's it's pretty difficult to fuck someone up that bad if you're <laughs> trained properly in a shop anyway. Yeah. Oh well, that's I I didn't realize that. Um, I think that's actually a very good point then, if that's the case, like. Hmm that they think that it's an injection rather than it just like you said only going through that first layer of skin yeah it's i think it's a lack of understanding from like uh, older generations and stuff like that it, it might not even be as complex as them thinking it's an injection or a procedure but it, it, I, it a lot of the issue probably came from the muddying of waters since uh, tattooing was so cancer culture and punk and shit like that and they didn't want anyone to know about it unless they knew about it so then obviously when the government has no idea how your shit operates they're probably yeah. gonna put a bunch of laws into place to stop you from doing it yeah because i can totally imagine someone like uh bill shorten or um kevin rudd ripping up their <laughs> sleeve and they've got like a blink 187 uh tad on them or yeah yeah <laughs> yeah australia is very good about its culture for the most part very good oh yeah it. it's i think that's one of the interesting things about australia it's such a I, I, what was the best way that I described it? Um, Australia is uh, the bastardization of every culture, in a sense. You've yeah, got, we're a pretty big mixing pot. Oh, you tell me, you know, you got <laughs> like the cuisine, you know, the food here. Everyone loves yeah. everything here. The, you know, um, the things that we enjoy, like coffee, uh, uh, you know, uh, tattooing, like the hipster scene, especially if you're ever right. in the Melbourne area, like Brunswick, like Fitzroy, that area is so, so, so unique. And then, like, you go somewhere south, like St. Kilda, and then, yeah. you know, Very, it's so uh, different there. Posh and beachy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's very interesting to see all of these different uh, things like counterculture and then something like the posh of the middle class and stuff and then see yeah. it all begin to merge and mix with each other and that's where I, and that's where I think personally things like um, a lot of fine line tattoos and stuff develop and that's how tattooing is breaking into the mainstream instead of a really rough gritty imagery like skulls on flaming eagles and shit 
Uh, there's people just like super beautiful, fine line, uh, gray washed butterflies. And then that's sort of bridging the gap between the, the counterculture people and the regular people. Yeah, and then there's just me with a fucking Uno card on me, right? <laughs> yeah, and then, then there's the chaotic uh, neutral people. Yeah. I still love that tattoo. It's one of my favorites. That's good, man. Um, all right, we're now going into the last two questions. Now, these ones are going to be really difficult. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm very sorry, but... Oh, no. Bear with me. I'm like, like I said, I've already told you. You've already got a piece of paper, so you should be able to handle the next two questions. Okay. So the first question is, I, what number between one and ten would you pick? Um, mm. <laughs> uh, five. 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 Is that is that the your final answer? Yeah, I'll, I'll lock in five, Eddie. All right, excellent. All right, now, this has led you to your next question. <laughs> if you could go back in time and change one thing, what would it be? Hmm. And please don't say what number you chose. <laughs> <laughs> if I could go back in time. Change I, anything. I might... All. I, I might change my trajectory uh, onto tattooing earlier because I think all of the the all of the signals and shit like that that I was going to eventually become a tattoo artist uh, popped up really early in my life and I just didn't take the time to notice them or not that I was going to become one but that I wanted to become one came up super super early in my life and I just didn't pick up on them. I think if I was a wiser uh, kid, I would have jumped onto the tattoo train a lot earlier, and then I think I would have been further along now, uh, yeah, with my career and stuff. So, would in that sense, then, are you saying that you wouldn't want to have gone and done uh, like the graphic design stuff? Uh... Yeah, I, I think I would have uh, jumped on the tattoo train earlier and just completely missed graphic design, uh, since a lot of tattooing principles design-wise are very interchangeable with graphic design principles. So I think I would have learnt almost the same amount, but be further along in what I actually wanted to do. Yeah, because I, uh, I think you're right in that sense too. Um, you don't exactly need a piece of paper to do graphic design now, yeah. but I still think it's good to have, have it there, you know, because at least it gets recognised. Yeah, it's, it's, it's handy for sure, but like since uh, with I think with how difficult and obtuse it is to get into tattooing, the earlier you start, the better. Because yeah. it only gets harder the older you get. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when the Parkinson's and, you know, all that kicks in, <laughs> you, you certainly lose your job, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You make it work. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. Uh, well, not coming in, obviously, but jumping on and uh, <laughs> joining me with this interview. That's um, right. It's it's as always a pleasure working with you, talking with you, and you know, uh, obviously for those that are listening, we do have our Yo Dude uh, slash uh, PK, uh, sorry not PK, Pete Kozel collection <laughs> that's now available. Um, so uh, please uh, go and check that out, guys. Uh, now, is there uh, get you to plug yourself? You know, your Instagram or any other sites that you got there? Yep. Uh, probably the one I use the most and is the best way 
uh, to get me by is my Instagram, which is just uh, Pete Kozel, P-E-T-E-K-O-Z-U-L. Um, yeah, that, that's where all of my stuff is. Usually everything uh, stems from there, so that would be the best way to get me. I might eventually make a website, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you never know. It's pretty easy to make a website now. Yeah, yeah, true. All right. Excellent. Thanks for joining, Peter. Thanks for having me, man. (laughs) No worries, man. And to everyone that's listening, join us next time where we'll have another guest in, uh, which we will announce later on. All right. Thank you. Thanks.